Hello everyone, I'm Courtney and welcome to the Strategic Slept Podcast, liberating you from societal constructs through strategies and conversations to live life on your terms. This podcast covers all things sex, money, confidence, dating, growth, and mindset to help you consciously evolve. Every Monday, I will bring you a topic, guest, or thought to question the world around us because let's face it, we're all sluts for something or someone, so let's be strategic ones. Happy Monday, folks. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Strategic Slut. I would like to just say that it is Monday, March 1st, and there's something very, very appealing about that. I feel like I said this in February, too, of like a new month starting on a Monday just gives me vibes that I cannot describe, but I'm here for it. I love it. I don't know that I'm completely over last March, so this is weird to say. Um, I feel like March 13th is going to be a very triggering day for the world because Friday the 13th, 2020 of March was a lot. It It's something that I will never forget and I feel like it was yesterday, but then my life has completely changed since then. So it's like very weird, uh, very much simultaneously feeling like it was just yesterday and also like five years ago. So weird vibes, but I'm here for being March nonetheless. I think that... There's something very exciting about, you know, the sun's coming back out and the, the weather's warming up, the days are getting longer. You know, someone said that the sun is coming back and so is my will to live and I really did feel that. I'm very excited. So it's nice to be outside the, I don't know, February's weird always for me because it's just such a short month and it feels like this very much crank out hustle mode for me every year no matter what I'm in. So I don't know weird to explain but that's what it is I hope you guys are having a good life (laughs) good time I don't know it's weird right now Ontario is starting to lift some of their restrictions um I'm currently still in the red zone so most things are still closed but retail stores are opening back up and um yeah it's just kind of weird so I feel like everyone I've spoken to we're all kind of doing okay but like you know, there are days where it's frustrating. And I know for myself, I sometimes feel quite lonely just not having my friends near me anymore. And I haven't been dating in God knows how long. Um, As we know, I'm on a strike of men, but I did download Hinge on Friday night because I hit a low moment and I was a little lonely. So I downloaded Hinge and honestly, it's kind of making me laugh. So it's fine, but I'm ready to be back in the mic. I'm excited to speak on the topic today, which is talking all about um, kind of my university experience and whether I would give advice to young people today of whether they should go to university or not. You hear it all the time of like, he, you know, should I go to university if I don't know what to do with my life? You know, what do you, what would you say if you had to choose Um, I get asked this quite often or even just the decision making in general of like what's the next path to take. Um, As someone who has always been very multi-passionate, it was really difficult for me to choose at whatever like 17, 18 on whether I wanted to spend the next three or four years in post-secondary but also the thousands of dollars that are associated with it and you know, knowing that I would probably 
be in debt, which hello, I am. So it was a really weird thing, but I want to kind of discuss, you know, university, um, my personal experience, failures, instant gratification, and also this idea of societal norms and what we should be doing. I have learned some things recently that I think are really liberating and I think that these may have the power to resonate with someone or be able to provide some insight on other situations that you may have not thought of or whatever just to kind of give some context. So I will kind of start to go into what I was like in high school and what I thought of university because I think it provides a different element. So a lot of you probably don't know who I was in high school, but I was in grade 11 and 12, I switched to a public school in grade 11. And I had some of the hardest years of my life. And a lot of people who went to high school don't even know this. So if you're listening, hi. But I was dealing with severe insomnia. Um, I didn't know that I was insomnia at the time. And What's really interesting is like my parents even thought that I was just being this like lazy, rebellious kid. And honestly, I was feeling that way too of just like, why don't I give a fuck kind of thing. Um, Very disassociated, dealt with a lot of depression and anxiety and insomnia. And I just, I felt like I was always a walking zombie, but I couldn't necessarily figure out why. I also had a horrible addiction to caffeine in the sense that I was working at a gym in high school. So I was surrounded by a lot of bodybuilders and I I really wanted to get into that life too at the time. I was struggling with some eating disorder stuff too, but I had an addiction to pre-workout actually on top of already drinking like a decent amount of coffee for someone who's in high school. So pre-workout, I always kind of generalized that it was what kind of sparked my insomnia. I think, honestly, before I was like obsessed with pre-workout, my sleep patterns were a little bit more normal. So in high school, I had a really hard time of getting up in the morning. I would miss class all the time. There was this one class that I don't even know if I attended like 50% of the classes. I won the worst attendance award in high school at my like grade 12 graduation which not something I'm proud of. And it's really weird because it's not like I didn't want to attend. It was this like I was dealing with so much deeper stuff. And when it came to looking at the future of university, I wasn't particularly obsessed with the idea of going to university. Like I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do with my life. I actually switched schools from the Catholic high school to the public high school to take some fashion classes that the public high school offered. I really want to be in fashion. Uh, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be like a fashion designer or like somewhere in the business of fashion, but I was obsessed with that industry, Um, was obsessed with shopping and makeup and all the things. And I had a YouTube channel that was surrounded by makeup and it was just like very much the YouTube content creator like vibes. And the minute that I was taking these fashion courses and I went to, I actually, my number one, like all through high school, I was, I said I was going to go to Ryerson for fashion. Uh, Ryerson's a university downtown Toronto. And I just, I was like so fixated on that. And then the minute I was taking like fashion courses and toured Ryerson, I just, I had this gut feeling of like, this is not for me. This is not what I want. 
and I, I said, if I ever end up in fashion, it will not be through like the educational format. And it wasn't to say, you know, it doesn't work for other people. I'm sure that the people who take those programs, like, you know, have a great life after, but I just, it just wasn't for me. So it was really complex trying to figure out like what I was going to do moving forward. And as someone who's been always so ambitious, such a hard worker, um, and so, so acknowledging of the power that I had over my own life, I'd say that it was difficult being at this young age, but pivotal time where everyone's like, what do you want to do with your life? Who do you want to be? What do you want to do when you grow up? You know, the fucking worst questions you can be asked. And this was confusing to me. So how I ended up in the program I did was I actually went to this information session of a school that I actually had no interest in, but they were talking about how they offered this media studies program. And the minute that they were talking about it, I was like, whoa, like, I didn't even know you could go to school for this. I don't know. I just, I'm the oldest, like, sibling. I have a younger sister and um, a lot of my older cousins were really, like, spread apart. So we didn't really discuss these type of things. Like, I didn't really have influences to discuss um, the program, like, opportunities, I guess. So I just, like, I never knew anyone to go into media studies or anything. I didn't even know that was a thing. So I was sparked by this idea and program, got more into it of figuring out what this was. And I just realized like, oh, this is something I would totally enjoy. I don't know what I'd like in it, but I think I would enjoy this program overall. And then once I realized kind of what you could do with this type of program, a lot of it was like marketing, journalism, PR, um, social media, like things like that. I thought that would be really cool. But I also really want to be a lawyer. So it was kind of this weird thing. Um, I was definitely obsessed with the idea of being a lawyer. And my grandma, who was actually living with us during my grade 12, um, she was battling lung cancer at the time. And she always said that I should be a lawyer because I love to argue. And honestly, I started to find some like, hmm, maybe I should like explore that idea. And so I kind of wanted to find something for undergrad and then potentially pursue law school. And so once I got into this media idea, um, I was looking at like Ryerson and Western University. And my parents really wanted me to go to Western because it was in London and I have family living in London. And it just seemed like a little bit easier of a transition, I guess, for them and for me. Just Toronto being such a bigger city. It's a, you know, it's a massive fucking place. And the commute to Toronto is always a bitch too, that getting to London was so much easier for them as well. And it was just this whole thing and they don't love Toronto. So they were really hoping I would go to Western. And I toured Ryerson first. We went to the media like program and the fashion program information sessions and both just didn't fit for me. They offered like a media program that was more centered around video production and media production kind of thing, which I knew at like in grade 12 that I want to study the stuff that's already out there and then so it just wasn't a fit I was really let down because I was like what the fuck am I gonna do I've been I've spent all these years thinking I'm gonna go to Ryerson and then I went to Western I fell in love with the campus the program was fitting and that was it and then the reason I tell the story is because there's a failure coming up so well quote-unquote failure So I applied to the program. I get early acceptance around like I'd say the third week of February in grade 12 
And uh, actually, the day that I got accepted into Western, it's kind of a weird story and it's something that's like always been weird. Um, But the day that I got in, I got early acceptance to Western. I found out actually that day that my grandma had lung cancer. I got a tattoo and my like guy that I was seeing at the time broke up with me. And I just remember it being just like such a weird day of mixed emotions of like these are really great and terrible things so simultaneously. Um, Weird vibes. But yeah, so I got early acceptance, super stoked. And I was like kind of on the fence of going to university in general. But I, the minute I got accepted, it was this like affirmation of you know, I'm smart enough to do this, maybe, I think is what it was. It was this validation that I'm, like, someone who could go to a prestigious university. So I was very set on going. I was like, okay, I'm going to make this happen financially. Like, I had all this, you know, grit to get it, get done. And then I actually, so I graduate grade 12. I finish grade 12 and I get a call in, I guess it would be the first week of July, like classes end in high school in like June. And I get a first or second week of July, a call from my guidance counselor. And she says that I am going, I'm about to lose my acceptance to Western because my average dropped by half a percentage. So I think you needed like an 82. No, that's not it. I don't know. You need a certain average and mine dropped by half a percent. And it was going to encourage me to lose my acceptance. And it was because of this one class that I just did terribly in. So I had no idea. And I actually didn't know that I did that badly in that class. I thought I finished fine with the exams and stuff. Apparently, I fucked up the exam. And I was completely blindsided. I actually, I remember calling my uh, mentor just bawling and being like I don't know what to do I am so set on going to western like I can't do another year of high school and my guidance counselor actually that day she told me that I was not emotionally stable enough for university and I should do another year of high school and at the time like the way that I was being treated in high school and the current situation like there was no way all I was fucking preying on in high school was to get the hell out. So that would have killed me. Um, so I was like, no, go fuck yourself. I'm going to Western. So I actually purchased like a course that I could do in the summer because they told me too many weeks in that I couldn't do summer school either. I couldn't even make up the credit. I had to like purchase an online class um, as like an adult basically to be able to like fulfill the credit or whatever so I did I was working full-time I remember like waking up at 6 a.m I had to work like 6 a.m to 8 a.m before I went to my full-time job and I did that every day till I finished the course finished the course with like a 95 or something and got like you know my acceptance was fine for western and then you know moving into that there was a really weird time because it was a really cool thing I loved MIT um Everything was so fascinating and I took an intro to women's studies class. One of my friends had recommended me taking it as like an elective and so I did. It was a full year course and that was where it sparked my double major in women's studies. The minute that I was open to feminism and the issues that I could never put my finger on and things that always bothered me, even just like the you can't show your shoulders in school like with dress code and everything. Those things always bothered me and I could not find the language to explain why 
And so this class highlighted all of these things. And I was so like ignorant like to these issues. I had no idea. And I wasn't a, someone who sought out that information, I guess. Um, I was very much, like I said, in the like fashion and YouTube world and makeup and wasn't a super inquisitive reader at the time. So that was me in high school. And that failure really, you know, put my, I guess it lit a fire under my ass because it made me question whether I wanted to go to university or not. And I realized that I did. So when I got to university, it was a very hard four years. Um, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of issues with horrible anxiety and depression, dealing with insomnia. I was also battling endometriosis in the sense that I couldn't get recognition from doctors or any medical advice. It took me three years to get a referral to a gynecologist. Um, so there was a lot of up and down there and it was taking a, a horrible emotional toll, toll, of course. And then university being difficult on top of that was just a lot. But when I think of like university and whether I regret it or not, or and what I would tell people moving forward is the one thing about post-secondary school, if you can afford it or find a way to afford it, I know for me, I figured out a way. Um, if you can, I think it's really important for the generations uh, of my generation and younger because we're so used to instant gratification that I think applying yourself to something when you know what the kind of result will be, like the fact that you're going and putting in the work for whatever, two, three, four years to get this thing is really actually cool. Um, although the degree and or whatever doesn't mean much in society in the sense that they tell you they need it, but um, most of the high level employers understand that university degrees and shit like that are not everything. It doesn't always speak to someone's skills uh, over others who have not attended those types of universities. So it's just, yeah, it's kind of a bullshit thing. But the one thing I will say about it is pushing yourself to go through something for years, not really understanding if it's going to pay off in the future or not is really important. And I think that that's something I would tell people today is just, although, yes, it's expensive. Yes, it's like going down to traditional societal norms of like, you know, you do this and then you do this and then you do this. But I think that for one, any education is never a waste. Even if you don't end up doing anything with your program or if you switch programs or whatever it looks like, I think it definitely helps you figure out what you don't want. And I think that that's important based on the conversations I have with people my age and younger I think you know because the I, I think because of the honestly the evolution of technology and this pandemic and being so um how do you say it like exposed to so much entrepreneurial endeavors and all these things it almost glamorizes that life and not everyone's meant to be an entrepreneur I don't even know if I'm meant to be like I thought I was going to be an entrepreneur my entire life and although I still aspire to do that I don't know like it's kind of a crazy thing and there is such a crazy shift in how the like how we're finding jobs in younger generations you know the gig economy has completely changed the workforce and all of those things so when I was really looking at like what I was going to do after university. It was really broad and that was really scary. 
And it's still scary, honestly. Like I haven't uh, overcome this. But the one thing I, I would say with the university is that it did teach me how to like really hustle through for four years when four years is not that long of a time in like the grand scheme of things. Like in your lifetime, you going to university for four years is really not not long. But when you're in it, you feel like it's fucking forever. And then when you finish it, you're like, damn, like that went quick. And then, you know, everyone says it only gets quicker. And I can already attribute to that. Um, or I can already confirm that that is true. But I think that there is this thing that we're pl- maybe society is placed on us that, you know, once you go to the university, you'll have it figured out. And that is one thing that I think is falsely promised maybe to us or maybe it's our fault that we just think that because we're putting all this hard work in and all this money and time that we'll figure it out but really I feel like sometimes that's not the case and most times it's not the case for me it actually complicated things and I think that that's a really good thing because I was exposed to more opportunities I was exposed to meeting a ton of people who wanted different things and different goals and came from different backgrounds and I think it allowed me to question what I wanted and who I wanted to be in the world. I think that it also gave a really beautiful picture of who I wanted to be and definitely who I didn't want to be. There were, you know, meeting so many people and and being exposed to so many different personalities and situations. It definitely helped me figure out like the type of person I wanted to show up as and how I wanted to make people feel. Just going to, you know, Western's a very like, privileged white school there is a lot of international students so there is this some sense of diversity but I mean it's it's pretty white (laughs) and London you know as a city too is a very segregated city so um it's a very weird thing to be in and I mean I know I'm a white middle class woman as well but I was paying for school a lot myself and I didn't have the like daddy's money to go in with and it doesn't mean to shit on anyone who has parents who is like you know they're getting a free ride. It's just that I felt very different from the culture of western students and that was okay and there were just things that I saw um that just made me realize like who I wanted to be I guess that's all that's all I'm trying to say. And figuring it out, I mean, I don't think you ever do, but I think that even encountering professors and the advice that they had, I always really enjoyed discussing with professors on how they got to where they like are as a professor and what else they do outside of that. There were professors I had who were um, authors and really like profound professionals um, in academia, which is obviously a whole other like ball game, but they were just very smart people. And I thought that that was really cool of seeing how they probably, a lot of them had no plans to be professors and eventually ended up as one. And I thought that was a really cool thing just to hear kind of their path. And I think this choosing this lifestyle is such a different concept because in traditional like times you know you didn't choose a lifestyle it was like you worked a nine to five or you worked maybe around the clock as like a first responder or healthcare worker kind of thing but it was pretty limited where in this you know new way of 
working, I guess is how I'll phrase this, especially in the times of the global pandemic and being this work from home lifestyle for many people, it's really changed how we view work. And even younger generations are questioning capitalism and like really wondering what their goal is. Because I I heard someone actually um, say this. They said like, what do you what do you hope to do or something in the future? And this girl said, well, work isn't like my number one goal kind of thing. Finding a career that I love isn't my like number one pursuit. And I thought that was kind of cool because it was like, we're fed this idea for so long that you're just trying to find this like career that fulfills you when really like there's so much more to life than work but work is also so important so it's like such a weird thing but there's this lifestyle that's now um more there's more opportunities in choosing a lifestyle of being able to work remotely and the glamour that you know is perceived to come with that when you see it on instagram you know people working on their laptops by pool by poolside like yeah that sounds amazing um but also people who are able to work from home or have these like really modern day offices. I remember like hearing an article about Google's like what their office used to be like. I don't think that I think they're remote completely now but um, like probably a decade or two ago they had these cool offices and they were making such a like culture at work to help people feel more comfortable and make it a space that felt less corporate And the employees, you know, seemed to love that because it was, it allowed them to be humans even, and it showed in studies that they were more productive and like happier in the workplace and things like that. So it's really cool, but this is completely shifted. And, you know, I, going back to just the university thing, I was able to be so exposed to so many interesting things, things that really ignited a lot of passions within myself that I never expected. I mean, I don't know if anyone's heard this story before. I talk about it when I talk about how this podcast came to be. But when I took my first women's studies course, I said to my friend, I don't want to be in a room full of feminists because I had no idea what that meant. And here we are, like I have a honors double major (laughs) in MIT and women's studies. So obviously those views have very much changed, but it just goes to show how quickly you can change. And I think that um, my experience in university was something that I'll never regret because it really did teach me so much and expose me to so much. And I do feel that MIT was something that was came at such an incredible time because I can understand and um, critically think about the current world and the situation. Like for, to paint the picture, MIT, your first day, you watch an episode of Black Mirror and that just really sets the tone of the things that you learn. And, um, if anyone's, you know, familiar with Black Mirror, we're essentially living in an episode or a full season at this point of it. So it's a very interesting thing to reflect on. So I've been kind of nerding out from a like an academic standpoint of just seeing how this pandemic has been has been handled but also like how the social and communications things have changed with it and the way that hashtags have been so effective in you know human rights issues and it's all these things like there's so much there to unpack but it's been so fascinating but now I'm you know I graduated during my during the pandemic in my living room 
and I'm now in the workforce. And I've been really thinking about what that looks like for me because as someone who has so many passions, it was really confusing to think about what's next. I mean, pre-pandemic, I thought I had a pretty like specific plan, but I'm thankful for that, that the plan didn't work. However, it was really confusing to be like, okay, but what do I want now? And if you heard my podcast episodes last year, you might have heard that I was getting my real estate license and I was doing that. And then I decided to stop doing that because I realized I don't want to be a realtor today. Um, maybe in the future, but not right now. And there were a lot of influences that, you know, came to that decision, but I actually heard on TikTok, which I say every episode, something about TikTok, but TikTok teaches me so much fucking shit. And when you find like a for you page, when you've like kind of gotten your algorithm so good that it knows you, it can really teach you things. Oh my God. But I saw this TikTok and she talked about these, you know, people who are are multi-hyphenates. And this is described as a person with several professions or skills, but also comes down to like a multi-passionate person. Um, there is kind of like an, a developed definition now. I actually am going to pull from an article shortly, but it has kind of a different way of breaking down a multi-hyphenate. But it is really fascinating. And when I heard this, and it was this TikTok that actually um, recommended some podcasts to listen to for like someone who's a multi-hyphenate. So that was amazing for me because I love listening to podcasts. I realized that this definition was 100% me. I've always had multiple jobs in different industries and very much like cool, unique shit that I've just like somehow found my way through in work. And um, even like people my age would like ask me what I do. And when I explain it, they're like, how the fuck did you get into that? And I, I don't know. It's just kind of cool. And I'm such a passionate person. And coming from a... I guess this cult, societal, cultural idea that you have to choose one thing has been really confusing. I think that that's a theme within women in general of, you know, choosing your career or relationship, career or being a mother, you know, being a mother or this. Like, it's just so you can't have it all. And I think that the, I mean, I want to do a podcast episode on this eventually, but there's so much pressure still placed on women, although we've gotten so far in our feminist movement, there's so much more work to be done, but there's also so many, I would say, gaps in this idea of women and in the workplace and what life looks like. Like, we know that more women than ever are getting educated and are being in high-level positions and owning businesses and becoming millionaires and also having kids, but, you know, typically having kids later in life and getting, waiting to get married a little bit later as well and all of these things. And some women aren't getting married. Some women are choosing to be child-free. So there's like all these different kind of things there that are existing more now than ever. But there's still a lot of questions there and I think that it does place a lot of pressure and I don't know that men experience this in the same way and I I just can't speak for them (laughs) um but I think that there is this level of you kind of you should choose type of thing I mean I hear it all the time and even entrepreneurial advice of like you need to pick a niche how many times have you heard that you know you need to find your niche find your niche and 
that was really honestly stressful for me even starting a podcast because I was like I don't know what my niche is I just know that I have a lot of thoughts and I have an academic background that might be able to support those thoughts and I'm not afraid of speaking to an audience that can't speak back to me in the moment and hope for the best (laughs) I'm the one who will be willing to do it so there was the reason I even started this podcast was there was no one talking about some of the topics that I just wanted to listen to. So I created my own show for that. And here we are. So it was really liberating to hear this multi-hyphenate because I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, hold on. And I found this article and it's through the outline. And the kind of subtitle is, what do you do? I'm a podcaster, vlogger, model, DJ. The gig economy has given us multi-hyphenates, people who've made a lifestyle out of working more than one job. And this is by Nikki Shaner Bradford, and it was written in November, on November 25th, 2019. So it is kind of a little outdated in the fact that a global pandemic has, you know, happened and still happening since. I feel like anything pre-2020 is like outdated because of that, even though it could be still very relevant. But I guess this term multi-hyphenate has originated in the 1970s and was deployed mostly in Hollywood. So it was first used to refer to celebrities and artists who like fell outside the traditional notion of a triple threat, uh, which is singing, dancing, and acting. So that was kind of the first thing of this term and I guess a 1988 LA Times article on the Writers Guild of America strikes describes some of the workers as hyphenates or people holding dual jobs whose titles includes hyphens and I there's something about this because when someone says and maybe this is me reflecting on even like going out in the world and experience the world differently than as a student now and also in a time where we're often meeting people online rather than in person, obviously, due to the current circumstances. Um, When people say, you know, what do you do? Or like, tell me about yourself. It's like, for me, I'm like, where the fuck do I begin? Like, I don't know. I have a thousand things. Like, um, you know, even in like last summer, I was, you know, a recent graduate. I am a podcast host. I'm a real estate assistant. I am a content creator. I, what else was I doing? I'm trying to think of all my other jobs. I was working for Amazon at the time. Like I was doing all these fucking things, uh, which are kind of random, but I also have like this mentor that I've worked for since I was 13 and do freelance work for her. And I'm just like all over the place. And I do like social media consulting sometimes and, you know, like just the most random shit. And so when people ask you like, what do you do? It's like, I don't know. Also like, this podcast I don't get paid to do but I also spend a lot of time on it and it could be a full-time job in itself with just how much work it is to really run a podcast and I feel like I'm failing at it every day but besides that you know it's a really interesting thing so when I heard this I'm like oh this is this is interesting and this article talks about how like multi-hyphenates are one of those things that's hard hard to stop noticing once you start looking so um within pop culture they this article references Rihanna and Donald Glover and JLo, who are defined by their endless accomplishments. And actually, when you think of it, like I remember, I, oh my God, I saw a TikTok the other day actually about Rihanna and someone 
didn't know that Rihanna used to do music and that really shook my soul like that really 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 disrupted my peace because there is a generation who doesn't know that Rihanna used to make music and I don't know how to sit with that um I'm only 22 and I've never felt so old in my life absolutely fucking not oh my god I can like I can get past the fact that some people don't know what Gossip Girl is or like One Tree Hill 90210 things like that but Rihanna you didn't know that the creator of Fenty Beauty used to sing oh my god like work and wild thoughts is not that old for one so how do you not know those like those songs specifically and like Auntie can't have been that long ago Anyways, we're getting on a tangent. Okay, moving on. (laughs) Um, When I thought of this idea, I just realized that there are people that have so many passions and have pursued them and probably didn't have a plan to pursue them Um, in the sense that like, I don't, I I can't tell you how even like when I learned that J-Lo was like sort of with Jenny from the block and then she like did acting and she's dancing and singing and she's like on all these shows and hosting and all these things. I'm like, wait, what? It's just a lot when you really think about it and you don't even know how they got their start. Um, a lot of the time when you see someone who's just been in the, I guess, industry for so long and there's a lot there. And I think that for me, it's confusing, but it's also liberating because it's like, okay, there's the fact that you don't have it figured out. One is normal, but two, there are so many people that exist who are also so, have so many passions that they want to pursue. And I think that there is something really to be said of like also this idea that not everyone's going to get it. Like not only is everyone, not everyone going to get it, but not everyone's going to like you. Like not everyone's going to like you for having so many passions, knowing a lot about random things and taking, like it's really threatening to a lot of people. Um, And I know that in the dating world, I've experienced this of just like when I've met men and talking about all these things that I do and want to do and all these passions that I have. And you just like, they're just like, what? Like, they're so overwhelmed by, I guess, the independence and the ambition. And not everyone can keep up and that's okay. I think that the flexibility that this term for me gave was really cool because it's like oh there is this connection between like work and passion and this like even entrepreneurial endeavor that it could be potentially associated with it um but it's I mean it's also confusing too when you think of like the actual rise of multi-hyphenates of um mostly the gig economy like this was really prevalent in contract working for people like Uber, Amazon, and other like service industries, there are a lot of issues within that. So I don't want to dismiss that if you know anything about that. But what I'm kind of saying is that there is this like level of finding um, your way through the world and not having to just choose one thing. I think that it can be glamorized for sure. But also it can be liberty and I think it's like choose, (laughs) take this all lightly. But for me, I just realized that I don't need to know, like you'll figure it out kind of thing. And the other thing is like the patience that comes with it. 
we're so used to this instant gratification. You know, you you want food, you Uber Eats. You want to buy something, it'll be here by tomorrow morning. You want to watch a show, you fire up Netflix, Crave, Amazon Prime, Hulu, Bravo, like whatever the fuck, you know? Um, you want to hook up, you swipe right. Like it's just, there's so much at our fingertips that it's really scary. Um, and even communication, you want to call someone, you don't, well, we don't even call anymore. You can just text them. You, you know, are waiting for an important email. Well, you'll be notified on your phone when it comes through. (laughs) Like you're always being accessed in some sort of way. And that can be a really, anxiety inducing experience for people especially you know I'm experiencing that myself but it's also really cool because it's opened up a lot of doors and I know that for me with this podcast I wouldn't be able to do this without the evolution of technology and the accessibility that the internet provides of connecting with people all around the world But it's also stressful because it's like, how do you stand out, I guess, in a world that is, I feel like everything's so hashtag saturated, you know, like I hear all the time of, oh, I don't want to get into podcasting now because it's so saturated. I don't want to be this because it's so saturated. Actually, when I announced on Instagram, I was getting my real estate license. I was like literally in the middle of the course and stuff. This guy messaged me and he's like, man, like being a real estate agent's like so saturated, blah, 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 blah. And I was just kind of like, yes, but like, isn't every industry? Like, I don't see that personally as a reason to not do something. I also think that there is more than enough like work to go around to be successful in your industry, just as along with other people who are doing the same thing as you and also successful. I don't see it as like, you need to be the top. I think like, you know, there. let's say there's a couple top podcasts. I, the couple that come to mind is like Joe Rogan, Call Her Daddy, um, Brene Brown, Oprah Winfrey, couple of those, right? Those are only a couple shows that are like major, major shows. The rest, there's like how many hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of podcasts that all have different listener audiences and are still doing well, you know? And even what does that mean? What is success in the podcast world? Who the fuck knows? Um, That's another thing too. But I think that it's kind of cool to be able to look at these things. And that's why I've kind of framed my podcast even this way is to be able to explore different passions and different topics because the thought of putting myself in a box sounded really fucking terrible. Um, Like truly, when I think of just, you know, what if I just talked about sex? Well, no, I can't talk about sex without ignoring all these things because, you know, your position in the world and all of these other influences, ex- you know, literally directly affect how you have sex. The The fact that how we learn about sex is, you know, there's all these things. And I feel like I'm going crazy sometimes because there's so much there. <laughs> um And sometimes I can get lost in the, like, trying to sound intellectual. So then I just, like, don't even make a point. It's just all these things to think about, I guess. But that's why, like, I frame my podcast the way I want it to be. Because I'm like, I want to talk about all these random topics. And I think that a lot of the people who listen to me are also multi-passionate people. And you don't have to choose one thing. Finding your number one passion in life, I think, is this idea that's been fed to us that I think is kind of, unfortunately more detrimental than it is 
inspiring because I think a lot of us actually have a ton of passions. It's just whether we're willing to explore them or not. It's it's whether we are given the, I guess, tools and liberty to explore them. I think obviously having time in lockdown has been potentially eye-opening for people to explore other passions and maybe even find new passions that they didn't know they had. I know for me, I talk about it every episode, but like Pilates is like one of my new passions in life. I like even have fascinated about or even fantasize about getting my Pilates like instructor license or whatever certificate certification. <laughs> what am I saying? Oh my goodness. Certification. Um, because I just love it so much. I'm like, why do I need to be certified in this? Like, I don't need to teach this to love it. Why am I? Why? But there's just this thing of like, oh my God, I fucking love this. And even finding other passions of like reading every day has been something that's been not only like a passion of mine, but also something that's been so healing for anxiety, for how I set up my mornings and how it's just impacted my mental health and been really great for that. Um, And how much it's really continuing my learning, even though like I'm, I mean, I'm always in different courses and stuff like that, but it's just this daily dose of learning that I find is amazing. And as someone who's so inquisitive and wants to continuously be like this student of life, you know, continuously learning and just evolving, I, I love it. And I think that there's this, I don't know, idea that you're going to choose a program in university, you're going to find a job because of that program in university, and then you're going to work you're going to work and you're going to work and then you're going to turn 65 and retire and then hopefully do all the things you've wanted to do because now you have the time to but you might not have the money to (laughs) like it's just a really sad life and although I think that the younger generations are changing this um there is still a lot of people that are living on autopilot who are stuck in their lives of either not knowing what to do so that they're so they're not taking action or they're feeling like they should be happy with where they are you know maybe one of you are listening to this where you have an amazing career and you would have died for this career at one point you it's all that you wanted and the minute you got it you're like I don't love this this isn't what's fueling me and that's a hard thing to recognize I know for I've actually had a couple conversations recently about this with other people of they had the like you know really comfortable nine to five type thing where amazing salary benefits and all these things and they leave all of that to you know try to pursue on entrepreneurial endeavors and that's really scary because now you're having inconsistent income and there's so much more weight on you but they would rather give that up than or sorry, give up all the security, I guess, that this nine to five was supposed to feed them because it wasn't fueling their soul anymore. And all I can say is within this idea of post-secondary education and what do you want to do when you're older and the failures and the learning curves and all these things, and I say failures loosely, I think all losses are just lessons, really. Um, Rejection is redirection, remember? So all of these things, like it, 
always gets you to a certain point. And one of my favorite things to do recently is to really listen to people's stories and see how they ended up where they did and why they ended up there. Like even I recently watched the the Last Dance documentary or docu-series on Netflix um, all about Michael Jordan and honestly loved it. It was really well done docu-series, but just seeing like the obstacles he had, the fact that his even his dad didn't support his basketball career at all. Um, he like didn't even make the team or something in high school. I don't remember his exact story, but there were like all these things that people really doubted his abilities. And he worked his fucking ass off to truly be one of the best basketball player time bas- basketball players of all time. Like he's the goat, and he has influence even more so beyond basketball and sports, but also like pop culture. When you think of Jumpman and Nike, like his association with Nike in general, um, Jay's on my feet, like Miley Cyrus or girl, whatever, 2012, like there's such a cultural thing. And he wrapped up his career in like early 2000s, I think. Uh, in basketball and we're now in the year of 2021 and this is still very prevalent in our pop culture so it's just really cool to see and of course I'm talking about someone who's like done remarkable things with his career but um, it was just a cool example of like you just never know what the fuck's gonna happen and I think really be willing to explore those passions and to maintain that curiosity in life is such a an amazing thing to carry out through school or throughout life and always maintain this level of like wanting to learn as if you're always in school um and giving yourself I wouldn't say deadlines but like really focus on pursuing things like if you want to be better at playing guitar you put yourself like put that in your schedule to learn guitar or whatever do these things and have this song done by this time and like give yourself almost deadlines because what I've realized also coming out of university is that the timeline of adulthood is fucking weird in the sense that like I had semesters to base off what I was doing so and like I've never been out of school I've been in school since I was in kindergarten and even then even before then I had like I feel like preschool or whatever that is like almost daycare with like a little bit of educational aspect and then you're in kindergarten and then you're like in grade one and so on and I never took a break from school. I went straight from high school to university and I've never lived this life of like not having an academic timeline and that was a mind fuck. And I knew it was going to be a mind fuck, but like to do that in a pandemic on top of that, where nothing matters when you're unemployed in COVID, like it was a total earth shattering concept. And even today, like now that, you know, my friends and I all have jobs and we're all like doing these adult like things, it's weird to try to f- plan to get together. Like it's, you know, I mean, COVID's a thing, but even FaceTiming, like, trying to plan a zoom date so hard because adult life is such a weird fucking thing and realizing that like I don't just like have these summers to plan things around you kind of have to like plan your vacations uh based on your career and things like that it's just a really weird concept that I'm learning to navigate that now myself but um I would just say that it's cool to see where like life is heading and I would definitely, if anyone were to ask me if I would recommend going to school, 
my thing would be that it's not everything. Um, and I don't think you should do it because society tells you do. I think you should do it if you have the means to, um, literally just to dedicate yourself to something and learn what you do and don't want. Um, I learned pretty quickly of subjects that excited me and subjects that I fucking hated. And that really helped guide even what tasks and skills I would like to acquire in the workforce and things like that. Um, And even in high school, like I don't think I realized how much of a passionate learner I was because I was not being stimulated in high school based on the content. Like I didn't give a fuck about history. I, I always laugh at this idea because when history class would roll around, it was like actually my version of hell. And now I'm kind of a someone who loves history and is kind of obsessed with it because my women's studies program was literally based and MIT actually were both based based around the concepts of historical evolution of these things. So the feminist movement, like, you know, how things were, how did we get here and all of the backtracking from why things are the way they are now and what's led up to that. But also even in MIT, to be able to figure out how technology and social media and all these things affect society, we had to figure out what was the start of technology and even like learning the history of communications and the fact that like people used to whatever like write in the fucking sand to communicate with symbols and shit like that is like wild to me and I didn't give a shit about those things in high school because they weren't packaged to me in an interesting enough way and the minute that I got into university I became this nerd because that was like holy shit I think this is so fascinating and yeah that's my take on this. Um, I hope this is an interesting episode. I hope that it provides maybe some insight on where I've been and who I am now and kind of what's led me to my path. I don't know. I think that sharing more vulnerable moments of different struggles I've had over the years. I mean, I haven't gotten too in deep this episode, but just little things does sometimes weird me out so I'm trying to kind of get better with that in the hopes that I can connect with people better um it is weird to be on a one-sided conversation hoping to connect with others and not getting that mutual like mutual discussion back but that's the nature of having a podcast so (laughs) hi I'm me hello welcome so yeah Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this, I would love for you to post it on your story and tag me at the not so average batch and at strategic slut. If you want to follow me on Instagram, those are the handles. I'll have the link below as well. And as always, there's a new episode every Monday. I will continue to explore different topics and find my so-called niche. I think that this podcast has brought me so much joy. And although I sometimes put a lot of pressure on myself around this podcast I do very much enjoy it and receiving any messages that I get of just helping people or you know I taught someone something or I recently got a message that someone said that they left a toxic relationship because of my podcast and that made me cry obviously like a fucking baby real sappy but just any kind messages like if one person here's my one of my episodes and gain something from it whether it's educational uh inspirational or just makes you feel less alone than or entertainment you know 
then I'm very much fulfilled. So thank you always for supporting Strategic Slut. It means a lot to me. And as always, guys, love yourself, love others, and wash your fucking hands. I'll see you next Monday. <laughs>